0: This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Today, we are talking about culturally responsive teaching and learning. This is the fourth in my series of podcasts where I'm trying to understand what this is. I'm just an old literacy professor trying to get my bald little head around this concept. I want to be more culturally responsive in my own teaching with my students And I want my students who are pre-service teachers to be culturally responsive to know what this is in their future classrooms. Now I feel I'm getting a little closer to understanding what culturally responsive teaching is or might be. So in this last section, this last podcast, I'm gonna describe some strategy. But first, three big ideas. First, One of the major tenets of culturally responsive teaching is that students' current culture is used as a necessary starting point for learning. Students aren't expected to be white or to leave their culture at the door. Instead, students' linguistic tools, their ways of seeing and being, and their background knowledge are used as a foundation for their learning. They are welcomed into the classroom. The second idea, culturally responsive teaching, consists of three interconnecting elements. One, a focus on students' total intellectual growth. Two, culturally competence, cultural competence and inclusion. And three, critical or socio-political consciousness. Now, these three elements are interdependent, meaning that any individual element is not sufficient in and of itself. Instead, culturally responsive teaching is found at the intersection and interconnection of these three elements. This third big idea, relationships, are an integral part of culturally responsive teaching. This falls, by the way, under the category of students' full intellectual growth. These types of relationships involve teacher-student relationships, student-student relationships, and student-community relationships. So, I'm going to describe some strategies and conditions that might facilitate culturally responsive teaching. Again. I'm going to stress that these strategies and conditions by themselves do not constitute culturally responsive teaching. Instead, they can be used to address parts of the three interconnecting elements I described. So, the first condition is authenticity and congruence. You can't be a culturally responsive teacher without being in relationship with your students. And for relationship to occur, you must first display authenticity and congruence. You must be your true self. You must enable students to see the human being, not simply a teaching persona or a set of strategies. Teaching is not simply implementing strategies. It is relationship. Teaching starts with a relationship. Until you have relationship, you're just a dancing clown standing in front of your students. So, the second is a condition called trust. Relationships of any kind are based on trust. Now, students naturally want to learn. It's part of the human condition. So, we must trust them to learn. This means that not every assignment needs to be graded. Not every unit needs to be tested. Students' progress can be gently and infrequently monitored. Also, students might be encouraged to demonstrate their learning in ways that are not always measurable. We should need to manipulate students by grades or other types of rewards for real learning to occur. The third condition is to see and be seen. One cannot relate to what one cannot see. So spaces should be provided within the class or curriculum for students to see and be seen by other students. This includes sharing writing or journal entries, class meetings, small group discussions, and listening practice. So let's get to listening practice. This is a strategy. This is number four. Active listening skills enable a person to fully attend to what another person says with honest intent. You are listening with honest intent. This means that you sincerely try to understand and respond to what the other person is saying. You're not simply waiting for a quiet spot to jump into the conversation. Active listening skills enhance teachers ability to relate to students, parents, and colleagues but active listening skills should also be taught to students to enhance their ability to relate to other students. These skills can be introduced, explicitly taught, and practiced at all levels. Listening skills are especially relevant in middle school and high school as students are grappling with social and interpersonal dimensions. The fifth is a strategy called cooperative learning. Most know of this. Cooperative learning is a structured teaching and learning strategy in which small groups of students work together using a variety of learning activities to accomplish a shared goal. And there is positive interdependence, meaning that students sink or swim together. All students have to be involved. The sixth is a strategy called problem-based learning. Problem-based learning connects the curriculum to the real world by inserting real-world problems into the curriculum. It also uses real-world problems as the basis of a curriculum. These real-world problems might be large societal issues. They could also be local school and community problems, and even problems that occur on the personal or interpersonal level. The seventh is a strategy called experiential learning. This is another strategy that enables students to make connections with their real world. The goal is to create learning based on real-life experiences, often outside the school. So students learn by having an experience first, then background knowledge is provided to put that experience in context. The eighth is a strategy called service learning. This is an experience in which students learn through active participation in an organized service experience that meets a community need. Four components are necessary for service learning. They are preparation, service, reflection, and celebration. The ninth is a values clarification Values clarification is a strategy that can be effectively used to enable students to identify, analyze, and describe their values. Values clarification activities invite students to describe, to list, to rank, or to rate things that they find of worth. This could be personal traits, people, physical things, or experiences. The tenth is called T-talk. The T-talk is a structured discussion strategy that enables students to identify and express their views. Here every student gets heard. The T-talk also invites students to experience multiple viewpoints. It can be adapted to be used in kindergarten through high school, even graduate school. Here students first respond to a dualistic statement. A dualistic statement is one in which students have to either agree or disagree. For example, schools should have online classes one day a week. Then students move into small groups to try to reach consensus. Finally, the conversation is open to class discussion. The eleventh is called language experience activities. This is a literacy learning strategy in which students have an experience, and dictate that experience or story to the teacher, and the teacher writes it down. The teacher records what students say. This can be done in large group, with small group, or individually. This enables you to make personal connections with your students. Then students learn to read, practice reading, using their words and their experiences. You can even use these for analytical phonics. And the last one is writing for real-life audiences. This is where students record their ideas, their observations, and their experiences. It could be using journal writing or short observations or even poetry. Writing becomes alive when other people read and respond to it. And there are a variety of methods to use for students to respond to each other's writing. It could be as simple as turn to a neighbor, share with the neighbor, share in small groups. You've got online, medium, and even author's chair. So, my final thoughts on culturally responsive teaching are this. We want a public education system in which all students are able to achieve their full potential culturally responsive teaching is just one important tool that can be used and should be used towards this end however other things are needed this includes equitable funding of all schools smaller class sizes a highly educated and well-paid teaching force and continued required rigorous professional development for teachers And of course, no student can learn if they're hungry, if they're sick, if they're tired, or if they're afraid. So if we are really serious about improving education, we would also improve the fact, the conditions that we need well-paying jobs in poor neighborhoods. We need access to affordable housing. We need food for everyone and access to health care. This is the Reading Instruction Show. I am your host, Dr. Andy Johnson.